0: Welcome back to another episode of Keep It Brief on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM WRFH. I'm Camden and I'm here with SK today and we are excited to get into another Supreme Court case.
1: Hey guys, so today we're going to be talking about the case of Burwell versus Hobby Lobby. Camden, I believe you have some more information on the, uh, the case brief for it?
0: I do. So to give you the context and the facts of the case... The Green family owns Hobby Lobby and they are Christians. Now, that's a very important part of the case. And because they are Christians, they like to run their stores in accordance with their faith. So, for example, they're closed on Sundays, similar to Chick-fil-A or, you know, other businesses who have similar practices. Mm -hmm. And when the Affordable Care Act was passed, it required that contraceptives be included Under the insurance coverage that employers provide for their employees, if a company has over 50 employees, they are then legally required to provide health insurance benefits to their employees and their dependents.
1: Mm, Okay, interesting. I should clarify, the Affordable Care Act, that's Obamacare, correct? That is Obamacare, yes.
0: Because the insurance included these different types of contraceptives, the company then decided to litigate the issue and took the Department of Health and Human Services, or HHS, to court, citing that the required contraceptives violate the Free Exercise Clause of the First Amendment, as well as the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. The Religious Freedom Restoration Act essentially expands the federal government's protection of the Free Exercise Clause. And at the end of the day, Hobby Lobby did not want to stop providing insurance for their employees altogether, something they could have fought to do, but rather they wanted to gate the four specific types of birth control from the coverage because they believe that these contraceptives have the ability to harm an embryo, thus causing an abortion. These different contraceptives are different versions of the morning after pill and IUD devices. Hobby Lobby feels that it would morally weigh on their conscience to supply their employees with these products, even if it is indirectly through supplying them health care benefits via the
1: Affordable Care Act. So the decision of the Supreme Court, the decision was actually pretty close. It was a 5-4 decision, but the court ultimately sided with Hobby Lobby. They explained that the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, or RFRA, applies to corporations and protects corporations because they are composed of individual people with beliefs. The Affordable Care Act requires Hobby Lobby to... Cover all twenty forms of um, FDA-approved contraceptives in their insurance coverage, and for the most part, that's not an issue for Hobby Lobby. They actually don't have a, a problem with preventative contraception. So I believe that's sixteen of the of the twenty FDA-approved contraceptives mm-hmm. that Hobby Lobby does include on its insurance. Mm-hmm. But the issue is with the four types that Camden mentioned earlier, being the you know emergency contraceptives or the. Um, IUD methods, because even though these aren't always directly abortion procedures in the same way that like asking Hobby Lobby to include like a dilation and evacuation abortion procedure on their Mm -hmm. insurance coverage would be. In the instance that, you know, a woman was already a pre- pregnant, these um, IUDs or these emergency cop- contraceptives like the morning after pill, plan B, all that can cause significant damage and, you know, death to the embryo, which would be an Id- inadvertent abortion, whether it's intended or not. And mm-hmm. so, you know, since Hobby Lobby is Christian, as Camden mentioned, that obviously contradicts with their, their you know, fundamental beliefs. And so Obamacare actually had written into its legislation certain exemptions for like religious nonprofits and things of that nature. And so the concurring opinion of the court explained that the government had not actually provided sufficient reasoning as to why for the sake of this argument as it pertains to RFRA protections and religious freedom, why it even matters if the Company is if a for-profit business or a nonprofit organization. The court did clarify that this decision only applies to contraceptives and should not be used as a catch-all sort of interpretation. You know, going forward, that all medical procedures and things like that would fall under the same religious protections, and that if somebody were to invoke the same the same issue, um, that they would be guaranteed the same exemption.
0: That clarification was. An issue that Justice Ginsburg brought up, she was very concerned that these religious exemptions would be used as like an overarching application for companies to withhold certain medical procedures, vaccines, medications, etc. that they did not agree with. And so in the majority opinion, Justice Samuel Alito wrote, This decision concerns only the contraceptive mandate and should not be understood to hold that all insurance coverage mandates, for example, vaccines or blood transfusions must necessarily fall if they conflict with an employer's religious beliefs. We have an excerpt of the majority opinion that we are going to play. It basically underscores the alternative route for employees to receive the same coverage while their employers are able to maintain their religious autonomy.
2: As mentioned earlier, HHS has already devised and implemented a system that seeks to respect the religious liberty of religious nonprofit corporations while ensuring that the employees of these entities have precisely the same access to all FDA-approved contraceptives as do employees of companies whose owners have no religious objections. And according to HHS, this system imposes no net economic burden on the insurance companies that are required to provide the coverage. Although HHS has made this system available to religious nonprofits, HHS has provided no reason why the same system cannot be made available when the owners of for-profit corporations have similar religious objections. And we therefore conclude that this system constitutes an alternative that achieves all of the government's aims while providing greater respect for religious liberty. And under RIFRA, that conclusion means that the enforcement of the HHS contraceptive mandate against closely held corporations is unlawful.
1: Yeah, honestly, after listening to that, I feel like... I don't really understand what the contention is about. Mm -hmm. It sounds to me like, hey, if, you know, the employers who feel strongly about their personal religious beliefs aren't being forced to violate them at the pressure of the government and the employees are Going to have the exact same access to all twenty types of FDA-approved contraceptives, the other four just being fronted by the the actual, you know, insurance agencies without, you know, allegedly any or virtually no net economic impact, and it's like I honestly don't. See what the big deal is. Sounds like everybody's happy. But if you were to compare the media coverage of this versus what they actually were saying in the opinion of the court, you would not really get the same impression. And so that's why it's always important to have resources that you can go to where you get those things explained to you. And so you can be informed, which is exactly what we do. Here on Keep It Brief on Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM WRFH. I can imagine, too, how difficult this would be for families like the Green family, where it's almost like you're forced to choose between your livelihood and your, you know, your religion and your ideology. And so we have a clip here we're going to play for you from a Fox Business interview of the founder of Hobby Lobby talking about that.
2: There were four drugs that would definitely, we felt, without in question, would do that. And we couldn't see ourselves paying for those uh, drugs and so we had to go against our government we didn't want to but they were going to charge us based on the number of employees we had 1.3 million dollars a day so that was our choice to go against our conscience or to pay 1.3 million dollars a day fine
0: i'm just floored that it was 1.3 million dollars per day that Mm -hmm. they would have to pay right and i just to have that in conjunction with just already understanding you know, like our First Amendment rights that we have to exercise our religion and things like that, but then have a um, policy in place from the government that sort of goes against that. It's like, I can completely understand why the court sided in their favor.
1: Totally. I think it's somewhat naive of those who criticize Hobby Lobby on this issue, because if you're basically, you know, burning $1.3 million a day, mm-hmm. you're, not, you're not putting that back into the business. That's not going towards, you know, paying... Um, employees or anything like that, you might as well just be like putting it in a trash can and lighting it on fire. Mm-hmm. Surely that's going to come at another cost to the company. It's like you think that people aren't going to get laid off or that you know wages are going to be reduced or you know a whole whole lot of other things. And so it's like, okay, are these four, you know contraceptives that you're still going to be provided for just like not directly through your employer? Mm-hmm. Are you really better off?
0: I mean, I don't, I mean, I know it's a rhetorical question, but I don't think so. And if you think about it too, it's like they're either, as you said, it's a fake choice. It's either you spend the money or you have to go against what you truly believe. And obviously these people seem to have like a lot of virtue and strong morals. So they, you know, it didn't seem like a tough decision. And then if you think about it too, it's like, okay, they're either spending the money or they might as well put that money towards the legal fees. To fight this in court and they obviously did
1: exactly i would have to agree with what you said about the green family seeming to have you know really strong morals because they definitely are a family-oriented values-based company and that's actually part of what the court distinguished is that since hobby lobby is a closely held corporation it helps underscore the application of rifra to for-profit corporations People's concern with this was that this was going to allow these like massive, massive companies that have, you know, a lot of, you know, diversified interests due to their large masses of leadership and ownership of the company is that, you know, they would be trying to use these as sort of like false exemptions to get out of having to provide a more, you know, full scale coverage for their employees. And so according to the IRS, a closely held corporation is a corporation that has over half of the value of its stock is owned by five or fewer individuals at any time during the last half of the tax year. And the other stipulation is that that company is not a personal service corporation. So, you know, think like consulting, law firms, things that like might naturally be something that's owned by five or fewer people. It can't be one of those things. And so the Green family, it's family owned, so it's closely held. And actually, most corporations in the country are Closely held corporations. I think that's a good clarification to make. But that being said, dissenting opinions sort of acted as though it was going to be this precedent that it sets for people taking sort of like loose religious morals and using it as sort of like a get out of jail free card. And mm-hmm. I think that's not something that's a lot easier said than done to like you think about companies like Hobby Lobby or Chick-fil-A and they're like top down values. I guess it's like very pervasive. I don't think that's something that's really easy to like fake for a company of 13,000 employees.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and this might sound kind of silly, but also at the end of the day for Chick-fil-A Hobby Lobby, what value do they have? And like, for example, being closed on Sundays, they're losing revenue. Like that's right. just to, as you said, fake that air of morality and you know christian values it's it doesn't serve them it also just it's those aren't values that span across the entire country so it also cuts them off from you know certain customer bases and i think the court saw the genuine nature of these values and really took that into consideration when they made their decision in this case
1: absolutely
0: Next up, we have a clip from the Obama administration press secretary, and he just sort of details uh, the the administration's reaction to this case.
2: Uh, As millions of women know firsthand, contraception is often vital to their health and well-being. That's why the Affordable Care Act ensures that women have coverage for contraceptive care, along with other preventative care like vaccines and cancer screenings. We will work with Congress to make sure that any women affected by this decision will still have the same coverage of vital health services as everyone else.
1: So I definitely have some quick thoughts really fast. Um, First, I think it's very interesting, you know, I kind of touched on this earlier, but if you compare the court documents and the case briefs and the actual oral arguments from within the court, it is very much a religious freedom issue. That being said, in the media, however, it is very much not. It's almost portrayed as like a civil rights issue, I guess, and yeah. sort of like an attack on women's health care. So I think that's very interesting to notice. And these are from politicians, experts. You can't see the air quotes around mm-hmm. experts. Second of all, I'm in my opinion corner very much when I'm saying this. So I understand that we can all disagree about, you know, whether or not somebody feels ready to be a mother or whether or not we feel like our country has the appropriate resources for pregnant women and single preg- pregnant women at that or, you know, teenage pregnant women or unintended pregnancies, this, that and the other. But when he likens contraceptives as, you know, preventative health care, similar to vaccines and cancer screenings, I'm sorry.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: No, like to liken the state of literally having cancer with being pregnant. Yeah. Like if that is truly indicative of our society, And that is like how we feel about children. That is like a very, a very scary thing. And in my opinion, in my opinion corner, that it's like, oh, did you get your flu shot? Did you get your cancer screening? Oh, did you make sure you're not pregnant? Like, because all those things would be bad. Nope. Very different. Mm -hmm. Like literally the whole point of why you don't want cancer is because you don't want to die. And then you're pregnant and there's more life. Like it's the opposite of death. I don't understand.
0: I completely agree. And I also think this is just a classic case of, the cherry picking that the media loves to do where they decide that one little thing they hear means that someone has this crazy opinion and they just take it and run with it. It's like, okay, Hobby Lobby, you know, doesn't agree with four types of contraceptive out of contraceptives out of the, was it 20? Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. Out of the 20. And then that's all of a sudden in a, a complete attack on, you know, women's reproductive rights and all those things. Um, And Hobby Lobby Lobby made it very clear they have no issue with providing the other 16 types, yet um, there's still this commentary being set forth by the Obama administration. And in my opinion, it's extremely, once again, in my opinion corner, I think it's extremely divisive and just breeds the opportunity for not only just division within the country itself, but also just like division between women when there's no reason for that. And you know, if everyone had the facts, maybe there'd be a lot less division in the country and you can get those facts by listening to Keep It Brief on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM WRFH. Something really interesting that I actually would like to bring up about Hobby Lobby is that the way... In which they treat their employees actually has a lot to do with their religious beliefs and the court recognized that they understood that if Hobby Lobby were to drop you know having insurance for their employees which is something that they would have been within their rights to do given the religious exemptions that would have gone against their religious beliefs and the fact that they find it really important to you know take care of people and take care of those that work for them and what's really interesting as well is that according to one of Hobby Lobby's senior legal counsels they actually pay double the minimum wage so I just think all this is evidence to point towards the fact that Hobby Lobby you know wasn't attempting to you know pull some quick move and like get out of this government regulation but rather it was truly meant to just emphasize that they have these morals and they want to be able to practice them So for one final clip, we have an excerpt from a speech that Senator Warren gave on the Senate floor in response to the court's decision in the Hobby Lobby case. And basically, she was just urging the Senate to pass the Protect Women's Health from Corporate Interference Act. And this speech was from July 15th, 2014. And in my opinion, it is just another example of the gross misunderstanding that so many people had regarding the merits of this case. After all, the Hobby Lobby case is just the most recent battle in an all out Republican assault on women's access to basic health care. The Hobby Lobby case is stunning, but not entirely surprising. Giant corporations and their right wing allies fight every day in Congress to protect their own privileges, and to bend the laws to benefit themselves. I think listening to Senator Warren talk and, you know, really just taking in her rhetoric and the way she's decided to explain this issue is super interesting because it just really brings into light the fact that it is so important to take your education into your own hands. And I understand, you know, that most of us don't necessarily have the leisure time to be doing this, frankly, some days we don't even have the time to be trying to learn all of, to try to learn all of this but when this sort of case and this sort of issue you know if you look at the most basic understanding of it it would be possible to think that what she's saying is completely true and that this was the main issue of the case When in reality if you just dig a little bit deeper you understand that it actually was 100% a religious freedom issue not you know, women's rights or reproductive rights issue. It's one of the things that can be kind of scary about the country today. People, because they see the best in others and are elected leaders, they just take this sort of information at face value.
1: I completely agree, Camden. And it honestly makes me really angry when I see these people in positions of power where they get this assumed sense of trust and assumed level of credibility and knowledge and they perpetuate this misinformation. And even just the the name of this act that she's urging Congress to pass, the Protect Women's Health from Corporate Interference Act. Well, of course, nobody wants corporations to interfere with women's health. Like, who wants that? Literally no one. But in fact, if you actually look at what that act pertains to, it's trying to ensure that corporations actually aren't still able to act in a way that coincides with their religious beliefs. So Hobby Lobby would not be able to take out those four contraceptives that they took issue with. And so under the guise of, quote unquote, protecting women's health, you're actually setting a precedent to handicap individual religious liberty and the demonization of, you know, whatever the corporation As Senator Warren is like trying to, you know, play up this like really scary thing when it's like, what do you mean the corporation of the Green family who pays their employees a double minimum wage and has a lot of other health benefits and took all the time and money to try to, you know, fight to like give them an amended insurance plan that still coincides with something that they're like okay with. Like, I don't get what's so bad about the corporation. And so, again, Mm -hmm. abuse of power and fear mongering. It's just really so, so terrible. So, yeah, with this act that she's talking about fundamentally nothing changes for the employee. they would still have the same access to contraceptives. And so really what it is is it feels like it's just trying to get you know corporations and you know people who are pro-religious liberty to bend you know to the will of you have to accept our interpretation of what certain contraceptives are or what certain contraceptives do or what lines they do or don't cross, and all of these other things. And this is coming from the same camp of people who are likening pregnancy, um, and pre- preventative contraceptives and things like that to vaccines and cancer screening and think pregnancy is sort of a, a medical condition or something to be fixed or remedied and frankly not necessarily for elizabeth warren because she's a lot older but for you know obama's press secretary is a little closer in age to us it's honestly really big talk from generations that as we get older um become increasingly more infertile and you know sperm counts are lowering everybody's estrogen is increasing which is not a good thing just because it's a female hormone and so to be talking about pregnancy as if it's it's a sort of minor inconvenience and something that we should just choose whether or not we want to engage with that day is i don't know it's a little bit disconcerting for me Mm -hmm. anyways that was our long ramble of the week and we hope you guys enjoyed it and please make sure to tune in next week for another episode of keep it brief here on Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM, WRFH.